Welcome back to Rotten Rewind, a podcast that hires a hit on movies that critics didn't like so much at the time that they came out. If a film can't cross the 60% barrier that RottenTomatoes.com sets as its freshness standard, we get a chit-chat about it here on the podcast. I am Courtney Peranta. We get to chit-chat. We get chit- I, we've never said chit-chat. Yeah. It used to be the name of like a pretty good boba tea place at Portland State Campus. Like, okay. I don't know if I, I would ever say chit-chat. I'm not a... I'm not a Chit chat doesn't seem natural for me. Really? I, don't, I think you would feel weird if I said like, "Let's chit chat." I think you would be like, "Oh, that doesn't suit." If you. if you texted me, "Let's chit chat," I would for sure think that someone got into your phone. That would be yeah. a, a clear sign that it was not me. I'm Max Rue. Yeah, welcome back. Welcome back. This week on the podcast, we're talking about more vibes, but these are they're some violent vibes. Really violent, really violent vibes. Yeah, I would say probably two of the most violent movies of the last. 10 years, maybe? Probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we have a guest who can chime in whenever they want. Don't feel <laughs> like that you can't speak. We're joined by a extremely talented cinematographer, Matthew Hayes. Thank you. Hey. Hey. First time you. on. Long time listener, first time, time yeah. caller. First time, long time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so happy to be here. Thank you. I know, I know Courtney's been talking about having you on for a little bit, so. Um, yeah, he ta- he take this movie, like, I want to say like, three months ago, like a long perfect. time ago. Yeah, you're you're joining us to talk about definitely two very visually stimulating movies too. We're talking about it's a sequel to a franchise that has been. I did not realize how how like storied this franchise is. It's like the Jarhead thing that you always talk about. Kind of, yeah. Um, You know, it's it's a the Universal Soldier franchise has been around for it's the thirtieth anniversary, I believe, this year of the Universal Soldier franchise. The first one. I've seen the first one. The first one's great. I love the first one. I have not seen The Return with uh, Goldberg, and I have not seen uh, Goldberg. Goldberg the wrestler. Oh, okay. Come I was on, like, Gordon. Adam Goldberg said it. Universal Soldier starring Adam Goldberg. Yeah. They really switched it up for they did I a love Hebrew, that. Hebrew <laughs> Hammer crossover. Um, and then I did not see Regeneration that was also directed by John Himes that came before this one. Uh, but we're talking about Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning. Uh, there's also two entries that came in the middle somewhere that have nothing to do with the original franchise or actors. One of them, I think, is with Burt Reynolds, which. Mm-hmm is tight were those like the tv movie ones i think so i think so yeah i remember the return (laughs) definitely was like a theatrical release and then regeneration and day of reckoning are both vod although day of reckoning this one did get a brief theatrical release you've kind of like been on this movie's dick for a second i have I've been, yeah, okay. I've, been, I've been hyping up Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning. I see yeah, why. It's, it's, it's directed by John Himes, who is an extremely underrated director who has kind of just like cut his teeth on VOD movies for a while now. The big red box guy? Yeah, but like is so much better than a lot of the material that he gets. He did a really cool movie a couple years ago called Alone that I would highly recommend. To- oh, you have, you've also been on this movie stick. It's really good. It's just like a really lean, like 80 minute thriller, just like a chase thriller. He has a new movie coming out next year that he directed. It's apparently like a throwback to 90 slashers called Sick that's written by Kevin Williamson. And then we're going to be talking about a movie called Only God Forgives. I saw that movie in the theaters. I did too. I feel like we all would have seen Only God Forgives in the theater. Yeah. It's the year, mm-hmm. it's two years after Drive. It was like a very anticipated follow-up that didn't quite didn't quite live up to his career peak, I guess. I remember like oh. all caps texting a friend once that trailer first came out, saying something like, oh my God, we're all going to get chopped up. And then the movie delivered. 
but <laughs> in a very different kind of yeah i know i remember the trailer the trailer makes i don't it remember like, the trailer the trailer definitely sells it more of like a kind of an energetic amped up action thriller which i guess wow. yeah sure that's probably how you would have to sell it at the time it was a great trailer everyone was really excited it was as big of a bait and switch trailer wise as tar which is i still haven't seen that i have beef with that movie now i mean it's great okay you kind of liked it at first I mean, I liked it, but I still wish that we got the one that was like teased to us like beforehand. Okay. Are, are you talking about the teaser that was the one worth her blowing smoke? Blowing smoke and like all the stills and they like, really used that um, the kind of mylar mirror effect a lot. Yeah. Which made me think it was going to be a bigger piece of it, but you know, alas. I, I think it seems like because I just rewatched that teaser again recently and I realized after seeing the movie how much he does not put in the movie. Mm-hmm. Would sure. The Master count as a vibes movie as well? I think so. Yeah. And I think that's my thing is like, I'm a, like Max is like vi- more vibey than me. And I'm just like, let's go. That's why I like Universal Soldier. Like, kind of. I'm Universal- an anxious <laughs> per- person. So like I, movies like, like a uh, happy death, day, like the like repeat movies, like anything that like reflects my own anxiety back at me. It's almost like people who have ADHD and they drink coffee and get tired. Like that's me. Like I actually feel like re- relaxed, like in front of a movie, mm-hmm. like after hours, I feel seen and like vibe movies. I'm just like, I, like, I think that like, I feel like they're telling me that like, they're better than me. No. <laughs> I know, gotta, I know. Did you ever see Memoria? Mm-mm. I mean, that's a great vibe movie. And I love that director that I will not attempt to pronounce his name, but he likes to go by Joe. But somebody was like, how do you feel about people saying that they like fall asleep in your movies? And he was like, oh, I love that. And he was like, I think that's great. He's like, movies should make you feel at peace. And he's like, if you fall asleep in my movie, that's great. I'm glad that I could make you feel so (laughs) calm. Wait, did you like Columbus then? I I did like Columbus. Yeah. Very Um, vibey though. Like a lot of open space. Similar to this one. I wasn't crazy about After Yang. Oh, I wasn't crazy oh, about no. it either. Oh, dude, I love that one. I went I to that know. movie like really charged to have like a, a great time. I didn't love it. It's not unlike Universal Soldier in a way. Like, it is not unlike you. Know, it is a very calm, <laughs> chill, kind of optimistic version of Universal Soldier. Daddy, there's monsters in the house. Okay, I'm going to check it out. What? <laughs> The FBI has some questions for you. Have you ever seen this man? His name is Luke Devereaux. His prints were all over the crime scene. You live among them like ghosts, fighting our time. You're mine, so now you're own. We are brothers. We are one one. voice telling me that I'm gonna kill him. If you go looking for Devereaux, they'll find you first. Hello, soldier. This guy wakes up and like in front of him, his wife and his child are shot in the face. And this then guy wakes up like, and Jean-Claude Van Damme murders his family, which is yeah, re- not for something real. you ever want to wake up to. And then I have to pause the movie and Google, is Jean-Claude the bad guy in Universal? I don't remember. I was like, I thought Jean-Claude not, was the good not, guy. Yeah. So then I took a 15-minute break untangling the Universal Soldier lore. And then I came back and started the movie again. Yeah. Universal Soldier is like a semi-prolific franchise that's lasted for 30 years. Well, at this point, it had been 20 years. This feels like the final 
movie in a franchise like this like i don't know where you go from no here, i also just feel like people are dumb and nostalgic so i could also see it coming back it's almost like the matrix resurrections where it's kind of deconstructing its own franchise and like, okay that's true and and really especially as like a vod movie taking it to like having conversations within the movie that are like way more complex and interesting than i think any other like VOD action movie like this. But yeah, it's John Scott Atkins. He wakes up from a coma. There's a your wife and your daughter, they're dead. And sorry, here's a cane. Here's go, a cane. Here's a cane. You gotta go back to the house where they died. And then he starts getting strange phone calls from friends that he doesn't remember. He goes to a strip club and the stripper dancing recognizes him. That seems funny because she's like, do you recognize me? And he's like, yeah, you're that stripper. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're a stripper. (laughs) You're that slut. I know you. Um, That was so tight. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, what's my name? He goes, Fantasia. (laughs) (laughs) He's just naming a strip club. Stage one. You're, you came out to Kid Rock. I know you. Um, there's a kind of uh, homage to Apocalypse Now with Jean-Claude Van Damme kind of playing like a Colonel Kurtz type figure at this point where he is in hiding with his own army of soldiers that have been he turned against great. the government that employed them. He's bald here. Like, do you think he's doing the the Steve Harvey where for as long as we've seen him with hair, it's been a, it's been a headpiece. Oh, wait, it's is like, that the Steve know. Harvey thing? I feel uh, like you know a lot about celebrity hairlines. I feel like we got in this conversation about somebody else the last time I hung out with you. It's was it Jay-Z? Possible. Oh, yeah, because the, the theory was that the dreads for a while, that that was a wig. Yeah, I think they are. <laughs> I mean, because yeah. also, like, statistically, like, his age range. I don't know. I think Jean-Claude Van Damme, like, especially in this movie, like, he looks good. This movie also has Dolph Lundgren. Also, if I was like the lead, I, I've never seen this little dude before, Scott Atkins. I'd be bummed because the poster is just, it would lead you to think. He's been around for a while. He's yeah, a, apparently he's, he's a very martial famous. artist actor. He's done a lot of BOD movies. He has a huge fan base. He also does pop up in bigger movies sometimes, but usually in like supporting parts. He does his own stunts. I guess he's going to um, be in the new John Wick. He is in the new John Wick. As a server to me, he looks like if a big party comes in, like a, or like if you're at a wedding, he's like the groom's most attractive friend, but he's still sort of nondescript. Yeah. He kind of looks like Milo Ventimiglia a little bit. That's what I think too. I mean, mean, him doing his own stunts in this is bananas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it was the the first time that he starts fighting the plumber. And that's the point I realized, wait, he's actually doing this. Like they're oh, not yeah. cutting away from this strategically. That's what's so incredible. I mean, it's just so nice to watch a fucking action movie like this that isn't cut to shit. It's so fucking kinetic. That fight scene in the, like, it's like a big five or some shit. <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> There's so many scenes in this movie where I was like, if you were just like out for the day and these guys came fucking battling into your local big five, you'd be like, oh my God. <laughs> You just stand there and watch just like everybody did on the street. And I, I would too. I would just stand outside. Like these guys are fighting each other with baseball bats. They're so good though. You know, they're not going to hit you by accident. It's just like, oh, he's going to yeah. kill that good. No, they're determined to just kill each other. They're <laughs> The little attention to detail and, and some of the other, like anything relating to violence in this movie felt strangely like, like, like there was a lot of care behind it. The, the first time that we see the plumber and he goes um, on that shooting rampage in the brothel, the brothel of horrors. The silencer that he uses, it's not like a, you know, the doop doop, like the little mm-hmm. pew pew silencer. Yeah. It's actually like makes a noise, right? Which apparently in real life, they, they make a noise. The little whatever sound is just like mm-hmm. a James Bond thing. Yeah. My my one critical note is like, I could have done without so much post-violence, like we're going to dig something out of your skin. 
I guess for me, this was your guys' both first time watching this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I oh, wait, heard how about many times th- have you seen this? <laughs> this is only my second. So, like, okay, I thought you were going to be like, bore. no, 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 no. Like, so I watched it a couple years ago for the first time because I kept seeing this movie pop up. Well, this is a huge, especially for this series for Vulgar Tourism, John Himes and this movie come up a lot. This was one of the first ones I think that was that was a part of like that whole subgenre. But yeah, I remember I would see it pop up a lot on like Letterboxd and a lot of everybody I followed was like, this movie's fucking insane. It's so good. And I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll watch the Universal Soldier sequel. I didn't know anything about it. I was probably being judgmental about it before and then put it on and was like, oh, this is so wild. When it opens, you want to be judgmental, right? Like it starts in first yeah. person POV, like including like the little fades yeah. as he like blinks. Yeah. And your first thought was like, oh God, it's going to be one of these. But then like mm-hmm. after a while, I don't know, I just got really into it. Right, it like, takes on yeah, like a kind of dreamy. And the opening scene where his wife and kid die, and like I guess we'll get back to that later, is really upsetting. Oh yeah, it's brutal. It like, I was like, time. damn, like I, 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 just like I was like, when's the last time that I saw a child get this murdered on film? RoboCop two. <laughs> yeah, I really like, it took time. me. I fucking can't. I guess maybe Funny Games. Yeah, yeah, probably. I, I fucking hate to use this term because it's so easy and overused and stupid but it really does feel like a lynch movie at times like this scene really with the fucking the owner of that shipping place who's scarred mm-hmm. oh my like, god this is yeah, he's some climbing. fucking lost highway <laughs> yeah okay like, or like the way that jean-claude's face is painted at the end like it just has this really really fucking weird quality about it that i was it's so unexpected for a movie like this and I, I was reading John Himes, I guess, when he came onto it, he was like, I want to do something different. So he was talking about like the Manchurian Candidate. It's essentially like undoing everything about like the movie, I think, is already critical. Like the franchise is already kind of critical of the idea of government creating these like superhuman soldiers that they can use that are disposable. Whenever one dies, there's another one to replace them, which is essentially mm-hmm. yeah, what our military is anyway. But, but this- like, isn't like the sad truth that like it's probably just cheaper to just like use poor kids from the suburbs and just like get a new one? Well, yeah. Who was it that that said that uh, student loan forgiveness would decimate the the military's ability to recruit recently? Oh, God. Oh, he's like a congressperson who just tweeted it. He tweeted it out. On the side of? On the side, against, against. Oh, my God. (laughs) Right. I was like, like, that's tight unless. It's like the idea that like how disposable everybody is, but it almost feels like a Verhoeven thing where it's like Mm -hmm. slightly commenting and condemning these powers and what they do to people and how they fucking just completely like destroy any humanity that they have. And it makes me want to go back and watch some of the other ones because I haven't seen Regeneration, the one that he did. It feels like a video game movie. As you say, it also really movie. does feel like a video game. But movie. I don't even mean that in like a negative way because usually no. it's like you look at it as like, oh, it's like a video game movie. But this actually, I'm like, no, this actually legitimately feels like a video game movie. When John like, is walking to the river to get on that little that mm-hmm. little boat mm-hmm. uh, and the camera's right behind him, he's wearing like this like bloody like tank top, right? It's yeah. yet such a remove that it kind of felt... Like that GTA meme, like the oh yeah. shit, here we go again one. Yeah. It's just floating around him <laughs> at just like the strangest position. But yeah. maybe that's a good thing. I think it's intentional. I think it works. Like, I think it's almost like with video games. Yeah. It's like, I, I've i never been a huge video game person, but like when I was younger, I played. Yeah. I yeah. Like, a, like fucking Goldeneye and shit like that, that I was super into in Grand Theft Auto. But it does feel like that where it's just like, you're on a mission to just destroy anything in your path. And you're following this guy around as he's just fucking murdering everybody that comes near him. And there's just like little missions that you have to complete to get to this mm-hmm. final this final level. But I think that works because it's like 
video games, the military, like all these things are kind of intrinsically kind of tied together and how violence, we're so numb to it as we grow up with all of these things around us. And it turns so many of these guys into killing machines because they are so numb to it. I don't know. I think it's really fucking interesting. Are we uh, supposed to assume that this, that that John that we meet is actually like a clone? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think that like the, uh, so the other John, okay, so spoilers, like, his wife and kid, I feel like you kind of know that it's they're not real and that he's like a programmed person as soon as you see the plumber. They're not real. They're implanted memories. And then he's like, yeah, this like killing like this killing machine guy. I think that the other John at least says he's the original John. But I also think that like they could all just think that, you know, yeah, I think they're all meant right. to think that they're unique and they're the original. It's Moon. And right? I think like that that, that is stuff. the most interesting yeah. thing is that it's like still a story about how like exceptionalism. It's like even though you can be just like a repeated product, like we were just we're sold the fact that like we're individuals. And I think that because yeah. like even a movie that I like I, I was on its dick for a long time, like the island. Like mm-hmm. I do think that the island like doesn't interrogate that at all. It just is like you're special and so are these people. So watch them. Right. I, I love the island. I'm not criticizing the island. It's no, this is a much more cynical. Yeah, this one's cynical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The island's the island's great. That's another thing about this that's so crazy is that like you don't expect it to be, I think, as as nihilistic as it is, especially by the end of it. It's just like, it's still nihilistic. And there is still something so tragic about this guy who's like, no, I'm going to hold on to these memories, even though they're not real. And I know they're not real. Because I think that like what I was expecting and like what most movies do would like, then he would like awaken and him and Jean-Claude's character would like fight off like this system. He actually just kills him in the end. Like he chooses to go through my memory says, yeah. No, but I is that part of the programming too, right? Because it's like once we get to their right. to their little hole in the ground, it's, we realize it's survival of the fittest down there anyway. Yeah, that's just what guys do when they get <laughs> together. That's, that's just that's, man that's, that's that's a dude's weekend. That's, <laughs> man that's what we're doing in Joshua Tree this weekend. Um, <laughs> we're just beating the living shit out of each other. Um, going back to the so stuff in the beginning, um, this is a very small detail. When 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 John first gets out of the hospital and he goes back to the house where his family died, first of all, one of the ugliest kitchens I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Fuck. Right. At a certain point, I kind of admired the like location work and production design because I was like, you know what? This it's is like, probably realistically yeah. where these people live this is probably what this hotel looks like i want to know what john like the john that we know i want to know what he thinks his job is in those memories because that house is like it's ugly but it's like nice it's super nice yeah it's like basic dude who's just like i have like a contracting business or some shit and like like that dude has like a popcorn machine somewhere and house you know or like you know what i mean like yeah <laughs> he definitely has a projector but he doesn't have the screen built into the wall it just no no down. no, no. It's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah it's a it's a kitchen that just reminded me of like random like valley house parties i went mm-hmm. to in mm-hmm. in the 2000s i was just like oh this is a fucked up kitchen these cabinets uh, which is a weird thing to think while you're watching universal soldiers these cabinets have got to go <laughs> it's definitely confusing though right because when is i had to look it up like i didn't expect this movie to be contemporary more or less because like you know in universal the first universal soldier he's he's a vietnam vet right who gets cryogenically frozen then reawakened in the 90s yeah i think it's supposed to be the 90s yeah but this one i kind of assumed that it would just be i don't know some fantasy version of like 2040 or something right not just like a nondescript town possibly outside of louisiana 
I don't know. Yeah, we're, there, the we're there where they had tax cuts. Um, yeah, we're yeah, we're that was so could. fucking wild. You could tell they used every inch of that or of that of that little place. In his kitchen, when he first comes back home and he gets that call, what the fuck is he eating? I don't know. Was it ice cream? That's what I thought. I was, I was like, this. I was like, I think he's eating chocolate ice cream and drinking orange juice with it. And I was Ew. like, oh. I was like, this guy's. Yeah, yeah, you should know brain, then that you were created brain in a lab. dead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Some guy gets out of a coma after witnessing his family dying in front of him, and just goes home and eats chocolate ice cream and orange juice in his fucking. But the up coma's kitchen. not real. The coma's like his like. No, I know, but it's just period, funny. Right? This guy, right. like, if you're still thinking like realistically, like, guy yeah. gets out of coma, goes home, and is like, "What's the most fucked up thing I could eat right now?" <laughs> but what was the nurse always feeding him? Was that ice cream? I don't know, but I also love that the nurse works the front desk too. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite part. I was like, oh, she works everywhere in this hospital. Um, there's nobody works in this hospital. Do you it's think just that they're nurse. clones? Like the nurse, they're yeah. Just like, they're, they're like, like we need you to go to the, the front desk really quick. Like, this is like, yeah. It's like a simulation. Yeah. It's just like, you need to now be the front desk person. Also, they give him his belongings. Like, this is what you came in with. But I was like, yo, he was probably like in a t-shirt and boxers when he gets yeah. shot. Right. Yeah. But they give him an envelope where they're like, here's your wallet with a lot of cash in it. Here's your ring. Here's your yeah. cell phone. Here's like <laughs> uh, some other shit. Like I was like, yeah. how much shit did he have on him when he was in bed? They just went through the house. Just put it all in a bag. Yeah. They were like, he's going to need this when he wakes up. Well, actually, I guess it, no, you know what? Since it's not real, maybe that does make sense. Yeah, they're just yeah. Like your things to live off of. Yeah, exactly. It's like when you start a video game and you get to like pick your set. Yeah, here's your flip phone. Maybe <laughs> it's like protein paste, and he doesn't know. That's what I was thinking too. Because <laughs> he's eating just dry no, protein. No, because because, because the nurse is <laughs> also eating whey protein. Him, <laughs> the nurse is also feeding him like sort of like viscous shit, yeah. and I was like, maybe it's not. Maybe they like programmed him to like only eat muscle milk. I would not he be surprised like if Scott Atkins just ate fucking whey protein in real life. Just like r- dry. Just handfuls. Yeah. <laughs> no. Fucking gotta go. <laughs> gotta get my protein. Okay. <laughs> He's like sitting in the dark in his kitchen eating what looks like either ice cream or, or protein powder or really weird oatmeal. <laughs> Or peanut, but I don't know what he's doing, but the orange juice is really throwing it off because no matter what, (laughs) the orange juice is not going well with it. No, it doesn't taste good. The strip club where he goes to, where he meets that woman, I believe her name is Sarah. But yeah. Fantasia or whatever. Um, not the best actress in the world, but that's okay. That's fine. I mean, who fucking cares? Who cares? It's like, no, I, know. I mean, it is like a video game where he like gets a girl for a second and then he's like, go wait over here. And then she never comes. <laughs> okay. That bit of dialogue where he goes to the, to like the trucking company. <laughs> And uh-huh. he's like, wait here. I'll be back 10 minutes. Then she asks, what if you're not? And he goes, wait another 10. It's like, yeah. all right. No, I think there's actually like good. There's some good writing in here. It's just not always the best actors yeah. for the dialogue. Yeah, she does um, look like she's like an underwear model. Like she's, she's yeah. You know. They found her in Romania somewhere, and they were like, "You should, <laughs> you should be in this." When she's, she's stripping, fine. she's not doing a great job. I want to say. I know. I want to say she could hit the pole a little harder. You think? <laughs> okay. Not, do you think this movie was actually pretty decent on not being like super lingery male yeah. on the women? Yeah, I I absolutely do. Like, I, yeah, I, I, think I mean, I, aside from like the brothel, the nurse, well, the even brothel, the brothel right? Crazy. Whenever yeah. he kill him, well, whenever somebody at the brothel got killed, he cut away pretty fast. Yeah, like it yeah, was except for like, the dudes just taking straight chest shots. 
Yeah. Like that one dude who's yeah. just taking chest shots and is like, I'm still coming. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in that fucking brothel is on PCP. Everybody is just <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, that scene's insane. That's an insanely violent scene. This movie did get an NC-17 and they had to cut it down because it was so violent. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, whoever the dude is, Isaac or whatever, whose house he goes to and finds oh, his body yeah. by the bed, I was like, what the fuck yeah. happened to this guy? Right. Some of the violence is like straight up feels like a Lynch movie where you walk into a scene and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to you? Well, when he's fighting fucking... No, it wasn't when he was fighting Dolph, but that one was pretty intense. Too. That one's great. Yeah, but when he's fighting, uh, when he's fighting JCVD at the end, and he like gets a, mach- a machete in the arm. Oh and, yeah, like it just kind of keeps digging deeper in there. Yeah, I'm like when are you gonna stop, man? Like it's yeah. gonna come off. He knows it'll just rebuild. That is a cool detail. Yeah, they they just rebuild. Um, yeah. because yeah, the fight with the plumber in the bathroom at the at the stripper's house, the plumber gets his fucking toes clean cut off by an axe looks extremely painful he lost yeah. like a bunch of fingers yeah fingers. Yes. yeah i didn't expect that i was like oh shit this movie's actually gonna do it yeah like yeah being serious about these fights but then it grow back. back yeah as a big plot point love the plumber's arc of just like i do love the idea of just like you hire a plumber to come over and all of a sudden he starts puking in your sink and <laughs> then just drives him. off how to go what the fuck yeah he just pukes in this woman's sink and then drives off <laughs> they're, 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 like movies like this like action movies are always yeah. like they make sure that she was being kind of a bitch first though she's like i don't know what the other guy fucked it up he yeah didn't kill so, her, though. they didn't no. go full full they didn't go no i know yeah I usually it's just, like you're kind of a bitch and like so now you're dead but yeah, yeah. i thought he was gonna puke and then just like choke her and gotta <laughs> <go>. <laughs> the, our expectations are so low it's so funny. The strip club that he goes to where he meets the stripper, everyone in that strip club is is running hot. They are pissed. No one in that strip club is having a good night. Yeah. Everybody he yeah. encounters is so angry. He's like trying to talk to her and this guy comes up and he's like, hey, let me get a dance. And then <laughs> fucking it's Scott Atkins is like trying to intervene. And this guy immediately just goes, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> 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 Yeah. He's like, I'll fucking kill you. Oh my God. <laughs> and then when he gets thrown out of the strip club, the bouncer just looks at him and you can tell the bouncer is not a real actor or something. He just looks down at him and it's like he delays his line. And he just goes, yeah, get the fuck out. And then walks away. <laughs> I had to rewind that. I thought I'd missed something at first, the way it went from like zero to a hundred. Yeah, everybody's pissed. There's, it reminds me, there's always like some actor like that in a movie like this that's like, you can tell they're like, they found him on central casting or something. Um, they're like some bigger guy and like they had like one or two lines that they really were like excited for but they're always just like fuck you or or get the fuck off big boys gotta eat man they do <laughs> they do and then yeah he goes back to the stripper's apartment sarah and 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 then the plumber shows up with an axe just destroys her house <laughs> this guy destroys her apartment that's yeah if i were her i would just be like it seems like he doesn't remember me that seems fine what he like, comes over and he's like, you got to yeah. let me in. I need your, I need to know who you think I am. She's just like too on board to get like almost killed for like her. Like they don't end up together or like, you know what I mean? It's like, she's not important. And I'm just like, why did you do this to your wife? Like, do you have no hobbies? She no. probably doesn't. She doesn't. 
No. She, <laughs> when he turns around, she like fades away. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like the ghost in Mario. <laughs> yeah. I had nothing better to do this week. I'll, I'll come with you. Also, at one point, I would like an action movie that just like puts that dialogue in like the the woman, like the needlessly there, like hot chick's mouth. Because like that's what they like, you should write that back. Because <laughs> it's just like, so, I'm always like, why? Like you're hot. It seems like you're a stripper. Go shopping. Get your nails done. Do hot. She already did things. that. <laughs> that was morning. This is night. This things have changed. She's take uh, pictures of yourself. Like, but at one point when this dude, when the dude is just fucking destroying every inch of her apartment, like the plumber and guy are beating the shit out of each other in the living room and like throw each other through like a fucking TV, break a bunch of shelves, and then in the background you just hear her go, "Jesus Christ." <laughs> <laughs> which is like actually probably a very realistic reaction yeah. to watching two dudes destroy your apartment it's just like oh my god yeah <laughs> it's like when you see a fight in real life you just kind of stand there for a sec like do i need to get involved or should i it so rarely happens to like <laughs> i never see a fight it was a loving ode to stuntmen and martial arts performers mm-hmm. and they oh, fucking yeah. went for it you came in to kill me Yet I'm prepared to give you his greatest gift. You will be freed. You will serve him. No longer a slave to the government. From this moment on, your mind is your own. No longer a slave to the government. From this moment on, from this moment on. You will seek vengeance on your oppressors. Freedom is yours. So this is surprisingly, it's pretty high. It's a 56%. It's at least like doing its job. Yeah, it's trying. It wants to do something. Yeah, it's so ambitious for what it is. And I think a lot of critics did recognize that at the time. So it's pretty evenly split in that way. Some bad reviews Mike Scott of the New Orleans Times said the fight sequences are briskly choreographed, at least gruesome though they are. And to be honest, that goes a long way in a film such as this. In fact, they may be the only reason to see it other than the chance to see Van Damme in full Colonel Kurtz mode, all face painted and droopy eyed and bat poop crazy. I hate it that I just had to say that out loud. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm really sorry. Uh, made me uncomfortable. Mark Olson of the LA Times said the movie creates something of the sensation of huffing industrial solvents in a good way. A waking sleep zombification that can't exactly be described as pleasurable, but definitely has an odd, distinct power. I agree Rob, with that. Mm-hmm. Rob Vox of Mania.com, though, does think this movie hates women. It says, I'd say this film hates women, but that's too limiting. It hates everyone. I don't think that, I think this movie's indifferent to women. I think they're just there to be cast aside or used yeah. as, as dead wives like when props. they need to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is this is a dude. This is about the dudes beating the shit out of each other. Come on. Yeah. Some positive reviews though. R. Emmett Sweeney of Film Comments at Himes has created a truly unique object, a horror action flicker of uh, action flicker film about uniquely expressive bodies haunted by the minds and memories they are forced to house. David Ehrlich said Playing like a mashup between Enter the Void and The Raid, Day of Reckoning is an uncommonly assured slice of bargain bin cinema as arresting to watch as it is impossible to comprehend. Luke Boy Thompson of Nerd has said the full speed ahead testosterone of this thing would classify it as an illegal steroid if it were distilled into injectable form. And finally, um, a writer who really, really went to bat for this film and is part of the whole, part of the, one of the first people to coin the vulgar auteurism theory, Ignity Vishnevetsky of okay. movie said 
The closure Day of Reckoning offers Atkins character is as bleak and challenging a worldview as you'll find in any contemporary American film. Yeah. yeah. What it? It really does kind of cast a, an interesting spell for a movie like this, where I was mm-hmm. just so caught off guard by it. I was like, this is incredibly weird. And then also like really kind of touching on some really, really dark and, you know, complicated subject matter that I was not prepared for. It's the least you can ask for. If you're going to spend two hours with a piece of art, yeah. you want them to have a point of view. At least try. Yeah. yeah, there's a point of view there. It's ambitious. Yeah, it feels like actually visionary for something like this and like, and it has incredible fucking fight choreography. What more do you mm-hmm. want? You get to watch these dudes literally just like take shit off the shelves in a big five sporting goods store and beat the shit out of each other with it. Who's everyone's MVP? I mean, it just has to be the lead, right? Yeah. It's Scott. I think it's Scott. If for a second, I wanted to give it to Dolph just because I love Dolph in this. That, that scene is really cameo. fun. Great mm-hmm. cameo. Dolph's great. He's a fucking badass. I'm excited. I got to watch more. I do have a question, though. Do you think that they had to, like, tell the lady to leave right before it's revealed that he's, like, actually, like, quote, like, an infant because he's, like, born, like, a few weeks ago? You know, like, and also, like, is it, are you a pedophile if you want to fuck a 40-year-old that, I don't know. There was just, I just had some questions that I was, like, maybe that's why the girl needed to leave when she did. I don't think they were thinking about that personally. Uh, I was. I don't know. You should put that, put a pin in that, and write a whole feature about it later. Yeah. I mean, I would actually say um, that that movie might be called "I Am Your Man." So please. Yeah, you're getting into the like licorice pizza, call me by your name, age gap uh, controversy Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. Universal Soldier. If he's a newborn clone, Mm -hmm. is he an infant? John Himes is canceled. Final rating. I think this is just like really good. It's like pretty good. If you say masterpiece, like look, I think in a lot of ways. It kind of is, <laughs> but I'm going to go with cult classic because okay. I think this has a huge cult following that has led me to it. I know that. Okay. I think some people misunderstood it at the time when it came out. It seems like there were a lot of critics who wrote really smart, interesting pieces on it that, you know, also probably saw it at the time 10 years ago, expecting, you know, another VOD action movie. And we're like, whoa, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. This is actually really fucking interesting and cool. Cult classic, man. They earned it. I know it's hard for you. You've lost your brother. I have lost my first son. It pains me to say this to you. It would pain any mother. If the tables were turned, your brother would have found your killer and brought me his head on a platter. Did you get a guy that did it? It's a little more complicated than that, Mother. You want to fight? God forgives. The plot of this one is more like ethereal for me. It's Nicholas Winding Refn's and Ryan Gosling's second collaboration after Drive was such a sensation. Did you guys all see Drive in, in theaters when it came out? Like twice. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it was, that, yeah. Was a, that was a big one. 
there was a Halloween party I went to where this dude made a one-to-one recreation of, of like his final costume, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. souvenir jacket, the boots, the jeans, everything. Oh, it was wow. incredible. That movie had a big hold on the, uh, the zeitgeist at the time. Still like some of the songs on that soundtrack, if I hear them, I'm just like fucking rules. I feel like Drive, yeah, I feel like it's kind of come full circle from being like such a huge sensation at the time that it came mm-hmm. out. And then all of a sudden, then it got through that phase of like, oh, maybe it's kind of overrated. And then it became like, oh, it's now just kind of like a cliche and because it had such a huge influence. And I think now that it's been like a decade now, it's back to like, actually, Drive is pretty fucking great. Yeah. I think it needed to like be impersonated a couple times. And I I like some of those movies, like Baby Driver, I like. Mm -hmm. And The Guest, I love. Well, it's it's Fight Club, right? Like every decade gets like the fight club it deserves. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, here's this treatise on manhood and like violence, right? That gets definitely misunderstood by like a lot of dudes. And then eventually like comes around full circle to being being viewed in the proper context. Does this generation have one yet? Maybe we Like as far as movies that are like... One (laughs) where everybody misses the point or where a lot of people miss the point at first, but then eventually... Eventually they get it. Because they're cool looking. Yeah, I don't know. It's not Joker, but I guess some people <laughs> could argue the Joker filled that. I that think space. the Joker's like almost the opposite, where it's like it's like it's skipping the step. It's just like, no, I'm just I am just a men's right. <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street has a little bit of that. Mm. Where it has a little bit of that like kind of idolizing yeah. the lifestyle, even though it's pretty, you know, critical of it. I feel like the closest equivalent to like a drive now though. Because Drive, even though it had like such a big impact, it had a big impact, I think, on like people who like movies and people mm-hmm. who like shit like that. Because I think in general, a mainstream audience found it to be pretty slow. But I feel like it's probably like something like Uncut Gems had such like oh, had a okay. similar there impact. There it is. That's there it is. I mean? Yeah, no, 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 shit. that's it. Because or, everyone knows what it is too. Right. It became like, everyone has seen Uncut Gems. Yeah, because I don't think that something like Nightcrawler was big enough. It wasn't. Even though it's like another kind of anti-hero thing. Yeah. Right. But with um, Uncut Gems, do you think that it was like, I don't know if there was enough room for error in that one for people to, like, misread. Like, I don't think oh, anyone no, was idolizing that character. No, I think it right. was more, like, how it how it affected the zeitgeist as far as, like, a cinephile right. favorite where everybody was like, oh, you got to see it. Yeah. But only God forgives. Not it's also quite. kind of a revenge cool. movie. It because is. That part, I think, is very interesting because it's, like, this guy, Ryan Gosling, has, like, a piece of shit brother who like does a bunch of piece of shit things and then gets killed for it. And then Ryan Gosling's character is expected to avenge him. So this was the thing that I thought when I first saw it, when it came out like almost 10 years ago, I I remember I was like, I came out of the theater and I was like, I don't really know how I'm supposed to feel about the fact that this guy does not deserve vengeance. He's a pedophile and deserved to die. Looking at it now, it it works better, obviously. Yeah, it's like a meditation on masculinity and this idea right. of how yeah. Gosling's character is emasculated by his mother, is in the shadow of his brother, right? Um, and then is forced to avenge his pedophile brother. He doesn't want to. Like he, he doesn't, doesn't want to. Yeah, I think time. that like that's the interesting question yeah. of the movie. It's like he's forced to like avenge this dude that he's like, I'd rather not. And the first time I saw this movie, like I was disappointed because I wanted something as like propelling 
as drive that like drive mm-hmm. it's like really economical and it's time like even though it is quiet a lot of times like i don't feel like anything needs to be cut and also gothing is like super yeah like max said like emasculated here even though he's an action lead he's kind of like a beta male action lead right. it's very strange oh he sucks and, he sucks at everything he tries yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but I like this time i just i laughed a lot like i was like this movie's really funny and i enjoyed it's- myself a lot more Kristen Scott Thomas plays his mom. Like, has she ever played this kind of character before? Not that I can recall. Yeah, I don't think to me, so. she's like a classy Jane Austen type actress. Yeah. Yeah. She definitely feels like she's like, not in a different movie, but. She's the mom from Animal Kingdom, basically. Yeah. Like, transposed I feel into like this she's universe. I don't think she's like a, a real housewives lady if they were murdery. Yeah. Like, Jackie Weaver's so good in Animal Kingdom. But she, that's also such a more, I think, such a, a much more interesting character. And, like, I think Jackie Weaver plays her a little more. I think she's so much more interesting because she is so loving in a way. Right. Mm-hmm. That she kind of coddles you and brings you in close. Because that way she can maintain more control over you. I think my least favorite part of this movie is the script. Because <laughs> it's. <laughs> oh, I think the script's really funny. I just like yeah. there's so many lines that feel in hindsight like kind of it gets on some edgelord yeah. shit where they finally plot to kill Chang like the lead police yeah. detective who will get back to him mm-hmm. and she calls him the n-word right she calls him like the yellow n-word which is yeah. like that Euro- is edgelordy yeah. yeah it that is. is and it's like European direct or European filmmakers shouldn't use racial slurs White filmmakers maybe just shouldn't use racial slurs as that kind of cheap character. Uh, yeah. I don't character think that like, yeah, Tarantino, because like, so at some point it just feels like directors like that know that they're being like edgy and gratuitous and they, mm-hmm. they equate it the same thing as like someone's fingers getting chopped off. And at the right. end of the day, like it's not. Yeah. Yeah. You can feel the, the awareness of like, oh, I'm doing something bad. I'm saying mm-hmm. something really yeah. like inappropriate right now. It feels, you know, like what a lot of comedians now feel like they're being quote unquote silenced for where they're like, what do you mean I can't say that? Right. But it's just like the context of it is like, sure, I'm not saying that like it's absolutely necessary in a lot of movies to have racial slurs. But yeah, if you're writing a specific character, it will make sense depending on what you're doing. But like that's a very complicated thing. And that character does not need to say that. And also right. you can tell there's like a there's almost like a relish that he takes in having her deliver that line. Yeah. Yeah. It feels very edgelordy. It's like three um, billboards where yes. uh, she yeah. goes, how's the you know, how's the nigger torturing business? It's, it's like, like did you did you need that? Did you need that? Yeah. I don't know. No. Oh, I it's like a chef like shaving truffles so on something much. and charging two hundred dollars and like for no fucking reason. Like it's like doesn't taste better. Like doesn't make sense. Or it doesn't do anything. Like yeah. look, three billboards is a that's a whole other discussion because that's a that's a very I think bad movie um, with some great actors in it. But sure, if you want to have the Rockwell character say it, that makes sense with the character. But to have Francis right. McDormand say it as a way of like it 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 does nothing. There's another line that she has when they're at dinner with the girlfriend where she says, and how many cocks can you consume in that little cum dumpster of yours? Which is also just like unnatural. I I wish (laughs) this movie was almost like just shot exactly like this, but was kind of like a room raiders type. Like the parents get to decide. Like, I think the date, I think the date is funny. Like, I don't think cum dumpster is necessarily funny, but I do think that just like openly talking about like your dead son's dick is funny. Oh my God. It's like the cum dumpster thing. I'm just like, this woman wouldn't say cum dumpster. First of all, that's a teenage boy or some shit. 
saying. But even yeah. then, I don't know if I ever heard any. I would never casually say cum dumpster. Right. It sounds like something that fucking Stifler says in American Pie. You're just right. like, yeah. what the fuck is this line? But then, yeah, she says being the older brother and having the bigger cock. Yeah, it just. I think it, that's funny, and I because I also think that like Gosling's really good in that scene because mm-hmm. he like doesn't say any like he I know this is like not he's a, a great silent thing. actor yeah yeah that, he's yeah. just so fucking good I also think that right before that scene uh when he's like we're gonna pretend to be on a date like you're gonna pretend to be my girlfriend yeah. that's one of the most emotive scenes that you get from this this guy in this movie and I was from like this too. is fucking yeah, yeah I was like this is good I think they have chemistry I was like oh right. I like I like them together I think yeah. Gosling is an actor who can naturally pretty much conjure chemistry with almost any actress that's good that yeah. I've noticed well that might <laughs> he's just so like he's like hot in a way he is like, but the, he has like a he's, he is an aura that is yeah. very like i can get on your level whatever you need me to meet you i can meet you as an actor yeah. and and he looks a little lost at times here where it seems like they're kind of trying to repeat the magic of drive and he, yeah. there are times where he looks a little stranded like what am i doing exactly uh-huh. here besides looking off in the distance and he's too good of an actor to not make that work he's obviously really fit he looks great. I wish he would do more stuff like the nice guys because he's so funny. He's such a great physical I know. actor. He's so good with physical comedy. I think we talked about before, yeah, that his favorite actor is Gene Wilder. I could see that. And he loves like old Peter Sellers stuff. Like you can tell that he really loves very physical comedy. If you look up like him on the Mickey Mouse Club, like he's like he's a really talented dancer and shit. Like he he has that yeah. in him too. Like yeah. I guess like he was in La La Land, but like he's just goofy. Like when he dances yeah. on the Mickey Mouse Club, it's more like in sinky and he's like smiling from ear to ear, like in a corn bar way. And it's like yeah. really fucking cute. Yeah, he just has like that thing. But yeah. I also think he's an actor, like going back to the gray man, because like you can you can be like, I don't want to be people's sexiest man alive. And I think that Gosling is an actor that like was like, no, like several years running. That was like, I do not want to do that. It, I don't yeah. think it'd be like better or worse for my career. And like even someone like Clooney that like likes to portray. I like Clooney, like portray himself as like a little like not as, you know, Hollywoody, even though he's like the most Hollywoody person, like he'll do sexiest fan alive. But like, I like that Gosling's like, no, thank you. No to this and no to Marvel. He's just vibing out with his beautiful wife and beautiful kids. Yeah. yeah apparently an incredible tipper, which is good to know. My ex Joe that you know, Max, or mm-hmm. knew, he would come into Joe's work at Trails just with the kids and Ava's mom. And I was I've like- i heard he's really close with the mom, yeah. I was like, that? is that's like, I fuck with that. That's tight. Like, um, go get your hair did. I'm going to take your mom and the kids out to coffee. Fuck that. Like, point. yeah. Tom Burke is the brother. Who the fuck is that guy? That guy is such a piece of shit. That guy's good in this as like, someone good. that He's... you want to die immediately. Have right. either one of you seen The Souvenir? No. No. The Joanna Hogg movie. He's in that. He plays He plays the lead's uh, boyfriend who's like a heroin addict. And he's so deeply unlikable. Mm-hmm. Okay. awful that I was just like I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about this guy because if I'm supposed to like him or find him like interestingly kind of charismatic in like a shitty way I don't think you working. are right I in 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 the souvenir I have no idea okay like, he's like he- a repugnant just smug British prick okay he is in this movie I just watched called the wonder with Florence Pugh he's good how was that it's good. It's really weird. It's good. Strange. Okay. I was not expecting what it is, but oh, and I, apparently this motherfucker played Orson Welles in Mank. He did in Mank. Yeah, I can he see Orson. that. He was good in Mank, actually. He was good. 
I mean, he has not many lines, and one of his only lines is, I want to fuck a 14-year-old girl. So I'm just like, well, yeah, how am I supposed to feel about this guy? Right. It's not like Gosling saying, I want to fuck a 14-year-old. That like, would be complex. No, yeah. This, like, <laughs> he really goes for just Michigan's. making this movie as unsubtle as possible. Reffin does. Yeah. yeah. Maybe to like yeah. avoid that misunderstood piece, or I don't know. Did you, you yeah. Matt, you liked that show that he did. So like, I'm like, I like this movie. Mm-hmm. I like things about Neon Demon. Like, yeah, I go from like loving Drive to liking things about his shit. Yeah, I think Drive is probably still his most fully realized like vision. Like it all kind of comes together. I don't even love Bronson. It's a little stagey for me. Okay, cool. It's okay. I think Hardy's the movie. And then I just watched the Pusher uh, sequels that I'd never seen. Mm-hmm. They're fucking great. I think Pusher 2 is a masterpiece and Pusher 3 is really great. Pusher 2 is great. It's just Mads Mikkelsen is the most pathetic drug dealer who just gets out of jail and is just getting shit on. You love uh, shit like that. I love shit like that. I love I love just watching you some love fucking like white loser just getting dragged through shit, just trying to be <laughs> tough and he just can't get yeah, it together. That's, that's one of my favorite subgenres. Uh, <laughs> white losers. <laughs> um and i love and mads mickelson is so fucking good he's young in it there's it's he's just great what is he i haven't seen valhalla rising that one's good okay that one's good that's the one where mads mickelson rips someone's stomach out right yeah yeah and it's it's much more reserved right so it happens really quickly (laughs) where it's like with this one right like you linger on that prosthetic of billy's head yeah flattened wait could you do could you flatten a person's head like that to the point where it looks like a Halloween mask, just like sitting on the edge of a bed. It really does like return to every violent thing. (laughs) It does. So he does drive and then he does this and then he does the neon demon, which yeah, we can talk about at some point because it's a 59 percenter. Um, Another movie that like I really didn't like when I first saw it. And then that one I think I think about more. I think that the Neon Demon is really funny. And I think, yeah, I think it's also funny. The eyeball shit is funny. I took a strategic concession stand break when Jenna Malone is about to like fuck that corpse. I went to a screening of it at the at LACMA with like a kind of like highbrow crowd that I don't think knew what it was going to be. I just remember that scene and watching it. And as soon as Jenna Malone spits in the dead body's mouth, I was the only one in the theater who just went, oh, <laughs> started laughing. And I was like, oh, my God, she's going to fuck this corpse. And I can't believe it. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like spitting in a dead person's mouth is very funny to me. But I was just so caught off guard by it. It's really intense. Not yeah. in a way where like, um, sorry to bother you when they get to the basement for the first time and you see oh, the Yeah. yeah. Like I remember, I feel like people screamed when I saw that. <laughs> yeah, that's another movie I saw at LACMA with like a weird crowd where I was like, "Oh, I don't think you know." This right, <laughs> but this one, but for you know, Neon Demon, it was just like, "All right, man, I need to, I need to, I'll come back, I'll come back, I'll come right back." But I don't know. And the the show that he did was kind of like that too. Yeah, incredible cast. Like everyone's like the most beautiful person to have. I didn't really seen. understand that show. Like I know that Max watched it. I think I tried to watch two, and I was like, I don't know if this is. I, like I was mine. surprised how much I liked it. There's there are episodes of it that I straight up think are bad. Who's the dad in that? William Baldwin. Yeah, it's oh, William yeah. Baldwin. He is on. He is he is doing some crazy shit on that show. Yeah, I think that Miles Teller actually makes that part work. I think he has a couple good moments in it. Did he do anything? Oh, he has his new show coming to Netflix. Yeah, I guess he has a new show. And he's supposed to be doing. Is he doing Maniac Cop? I What's think he's doing that? the oh, Maniac like a remake? Cop remake, which okay. could be great. He also just feels like a director at this point that, like, after Drive. He's like, I see that you like this. And I feel like he like almost trolls his audience for yeah, like, wanting so. things. And I 
think that that's like a little mean. But then I guess like the the worst case scenario is like something too fan servicey, which is sadder. Like the like right. I would say like these movies are not pathetic. I don't think that these movies like this and Neon Demon. Like I think that he makes the movie that he wanted to make the entire time, and it might not be like the movie that I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he had a weird period. He did a movie called Fear X like 20 years ago that was with John Turturro that's actually pretty good. It's like a very eerie, slow burn horror movie. Like he has an aesthetic. He has a very distinct style that's been copied. I mean, I would say The Drive and The Tree of Life are probably the most influential movies of oh God. the last the 10 years. I'm life. just trying to think of like any other movie that has come close to the way that those movies both set the stage for the next 10 years, visually, yeah. sonically. Well, now it's TV shows right now. It's going to be mm-hmm. Euphoria for a little bit. For sure. Yeah, everybody wants it to look like Euphoria. It's good to know someone cares. Because I swear to God, sometimes I think Julian hated Billy. Maybe hate is the wrong word. But you were always jealous of him. You know the way boys are, May. Competitive. But what with Billy being the older brother and having a bigger cock, it's a... Julian's was never small, but Billy's was... Oh, it was enormous. How can you compete with that? What do you think Chang's role in this is? This is oh, kind of like yeah. slightly malevolent, always like a little mischievous. He has like that little smile on his face all the time. I think he's easily my favorite part of the movie. Mm-hmm. I like him doing karaoke. I get that it's yeah. kind of like an obvious More karaoke. thing, but I like it. It's funny to think about that guy just beating the living shit out of Ryan Gosling, too. It right. is. I like their fight scene a lot. I like yeah. after the fight scene a lot. Like It's really effective. I think that was another example of him not giving you what the, the crowd pleaser moment mm-hmm. could have been, right? That's like the best song in right. the whole score, right? Yeah. Yeah. But even that, like it just kind of peters out at the end. It doesn't have a giant climactic ending. It just like fades away the same way that like Julian just slowly, painfully loses this fight and there's nothing he can do. Yeah. It's such a weird thing because I wanted to love it so much more like revisiting. And I was like, maybe I'll appreciate this more. And I, there are parts of it that I do. I liked it better than I thought I did. It's all the little details, right? Like Chang being like practically like psychic, right? This like McGruff, the crime dog knows for (laughs) for mischief or the first time that May, well, two things about May, the way that May doesn't use an accent when she corrects uh, Crystal on how to pronounce her name, mm-hmm. like this completely mm-hmm. flat, like Western way of speaking. And then when she ties him up the first time to like do her, to, to like masturbate mm-hmm. in front of him, mm-hmm. she like comes so hard. She's like drooling a little bit. Yeah. As sexy as both of those, it's like, those aren't hot to me. And I think that's funny. Yeah. The little it, weird details. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's what is interesting. Cause yeah, if Gosling wins that fight, it's not only unrealistic, given what his character is set up to be, but also it does start to become questionable what Refn's intentions are as far as like having this white Western character in in this world, infiltrating it, and then beating the shit out of like some middle-aged high guy. Yeah. just creates a big conflict. It's hard to say with Refn if he's a director who considers like racial implications when he's making something like- I don't know. I feel like people from the Netherlands, like they don't think of it in a way that's like actually slightly racist. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone's well, yeah. equal. It's like, well, yeah, but I mean. I mean yeah, where you are. But. Sure, but. <laughs> yeah. 
No, I don't think that I, I don't think he's like quite on like Lars von Trier's level of like being like an instigator in a way. He seems Nicholas Reffin seems almost like blissfully unaware of some of the things mm-hmm. that he's doing. Drive is sort of the movie that catapulted him into like, even though I know that like girls had crushes on him, but like I feel like Drive is the movie that for anyone that was like, you know, skeptical of him or thought that he was just like a pretty boy or whatever, like Drive is the movie that like toughened yeah. him up and sort of made him like an a a lister in a big yeah. way. Like he'd already done the notebook, which he's fucking great in. But like the notebook is like a shitty movie with like great actors. And yeah, well, I mean, Half Nelson gets him his Oscar nomination. He's incredible oh, yeah. on that. And then he disappears for a few years because he was supposed to do Lovely Bones. He showed up fat. They fired him. And he showed up fat. He gained a bunch of weight because he was playing a dad. No. And then Peter Jackson was like, why would you do this? And he was like, well, I didn't think it was realistic for me to play a dad. So I gained weight. And so they fired him. And then he said that he was just fat and unemployed. Yeah, he comes back really strong and has that great run from Blue Valentine oh, yeah. to Drive. All Good Things, which is a pretty I love All Good Things. I, I don't like Crazy Stupid Love, but that was a movie oh, I that I think that reinvigorated movie. his whole like, oh, wow, this guy is so gorgeously like sculpted. I, I was like, just call the movie mm-hmm. stupid, stupid, stupid. Like this movie fucking sucks. It's a bad <laughs> movie with some weird subplots. Yeah. Yeah. He had a big year that year. He did. Yeah. He goes from uh, Blue Valentine to Drive, Crazy Stupid Love, Ides of March. Um, Ooh, Ides of March is bad. Sorry, it's not, Chloe. It's not good. And then Place Beyond the Pines. I love that which one. Is good. But- well, him and Emma Stone have worked together a lot. And then, yeah, The Nice Guys, an incredible performance. Did you like him in First Man? I think he's really good in I've First never Man. seen it. First Man, I did not like the first time I saw it, and I watched it again, and it was like a revelation. I was like, oh, I think this is actually really great. What did you think of it? Oh, I thought it I thought it ruled. I mean, I don't know. Soft spot for anything space-related, right? But then oh, also really? soft spot for anything. Yeah. Big Star Trek dude growing up. Still am. And you're actually, kind of sci-fi too, right? Yeah, yeah. So I've told Courtney this before, but like my, I guess, genre of choice is regular people doing X-Files shit, oh, yeah. <laughs> which is why like Nope was like kind of right up my alley. Love Nope. Yeah. So Max's subgenre is like white dudes getting drugged, like, and yours is, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. okay, okay. So, they yeah, can like, come together somehow. Mine's uh, like the re- repeat, like totally hot girls doing day. repeat movie. Dude, yeah. I don't know why they never did. Wait, they did do a Groundhog. I think the Groundhog Day episode is an Angel episode of Buffy, not a Buffy episode of Buffy, though. There's also a Muppets episode of Angel. That's crazy. It rules. It's like, did everyone look like shit <laughs> this week or whatever? No, I think Gosling chooses. He, he seems to choose his his role is pretty carefully now. I just wish he did more fun things, but maybe the Barbie movie will be one of those. Cause like, yeah, I think that like the nice guy is, yeah. is one of my favorite performances by him. I think he's like, he's like so, so good, fucking right? good. I mean, yeah. Crow's really good in that movie. They have, yeah, he has They're chemistry with together. Russell Crowe and that yeah. seems impossible. The DP of this movie, Larry Smith, mm-hmm. interesting career. His first credit is eyes wide shut. What? He was a gaffer on the shining he worked on Barry Lyndon. It's hard to say with Eyes Wide Shut because I think Cooper kind of almost does like an uncredited acting as his own DP thing, but then having right. cause because Larry Smith is credited as lighting cameraman. Right, which is like a very British uh that's how their system operates. I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher it, but instead of like a DP and a gaffer and grip, they have like a lighting cameraman and uh believe it's a still they do like a key grip. Okay. That's how um Paul Thomas Anderson was able to film phantom thread at least he didn't uh you know try to put himself up for awards contention or take a fucking credit for it unlike some directors but yeah larry smith didn't yeah he basically did this or he did eyes wide shut 
And then he shot Refn's movie Fear X, the one with Tachiro. He does a lot of like TV stuff. He does Bronson, Only God Forgives. He does some stuff with John Michael McDonough. I guess he worked on that show, The Alienist. And now, yeah, it looks like just like a lot of straight to VOD stuff, but it's just, just kind of strange career. Like you shoot yeah. Kubrick's last movie and then not much. I read an interview with him when I was just kind of like looking up stuff about this. And he said that they had a, you know, practically no budget for this or for this movie. So most of the lighting Interesting. is, yeah, it's just pre-existing in those locations with like a couple small fixtures to punch it up. Like the karaoke bar, they like added all those paper lanterns to the roof to give it like some texture. Sure. But everything else just like looked like that. Thankfully, they had some incredible locations. Um, I wonder why they couldn't get much money for it with Gosling and then coming off of Drive. Right. You would think so, so interesting. Because the Weinsteins bought it and just barely distributed it. Interesting. Okay. Two things that I really love that Gosling does in this movie is when he walks up to the guy drinking at the club and just very casually slaps the glass in his face. <laughs> yeah, that's tight. I, I, had a I don't know if that, that counts would, as assault because it's like the glass is now left your hand. You know, I don't know if well, that counts as assault. What he does afterwards, sure. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely assaults them afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Could you do it? Like if you grab a person by the roof of their mouth, like they're just going to bite you, right? Like there's no. Yeah, I would. I think that that's like instinctual, them. right? Right. Yeah. Unless he's like so dazed from getting the glass shattered across his face that he doesn't even know what's going on anymore. I guess it's mostly just that it looks cool to drag it by the roof of his mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I also love the um, the tight uh, cop Chang when he is waiting for the like assassin guy and he takes a pan from like an outside grill that's like frying something and just hits him in the blinds the guy with oil and then beats him over the head with the frying pan. (laughs) Chang, that casting, both Chang and his like his like two deputies was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Like they never say their names. So I had to like pause it for, on like Amazon to get what they were called. Mm-hmm. Right. But like his number one dude character's name is Kim. Like the way he just kind of like always has his hip slightly cocked like a cowboy. Yeah. Just like looking like bemused. Where does he holster the sword? He just kind of pulls it out like a lightsaber. But where is it on his back? That's a great question. I think it's more about the aesthetic of it just looks yeah. cool. Again, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily matter. Um, he's a supernatural man. I mean, he does almost feel like he has supernatural abilities, like mm-hmm. you were saying earlier, as a detective and uh, the fact that just nobody can fuck with this guy. This movie has a 41%. That sounds exactly what I would have expected. A lot of Fs. Rex Reed of the New York Observer makes sense that he gave it an F. Rex Reed said, in can one wag, just one wag, uh, one wag described it as a cine- as cinematic defecation in print. I'd like to top that one. But as James Gee used to say, I know when I'm licked. What does any of this mean? I know when I'm licked means I know when I'm beaten. I guess, yeah. yeah. I just this like, seems like a very old review in a way. Right. It feels like I'm reading a review from the 70s. Michael Phillips of the Chicago Tribune gave it an F and said, this is the worst, least, dumbest picture made by people of talent this year. Okay, got it. Joe Newmayer of the New York Daily News gave it an F. He said, whether one thinks only God forgives is laughably awful, like for instance, Showgirls, The Color of Night, or Battlefield Earth, or just plain terrible awful depends appropriately on how much you're willing to forgive it. David Edelstein of Vulture gave it an F. In my own world, Only God Forgives plays somewhat differently. I thought it was just about the worst fucking thing I've ever seen. In fact, I was depressed it wasn't laughed off the screen. 
That's aggressive. That's aggressive. I don't know, man. Stephen Holden of New York Times said the movie is so devoid of emotion that its ritualized gore acts as a narcotic filmed in shades of red with a minimal screenplay. Only God forgives looks like a ghoulish fashion shoot in hell. Three words would suffice. Pretentious, macho nonsense. I don't think it's that macho. I think it's the point that like macho is an illusion. Yeah, exactly. That's why like Kristen Scott Thomas has to like come in and be such a caricature. Um, yeah, some people just thought it was like him just getting too high on his own fame mm-hmm. after drive. Yeah, this is the kind of remarkable disaster only a very talented director can make after he finds success and then is allowed to do whatever he wants. And then finally, the dissolve, an old publication that is no longer around, which was great. Scott Tobias said, only God oh, yeah. forgives suffers from the disconnect between its stylistic high art archness and its con- and its contents pulp gratuitousness. Refn gives every sequence a hushed consideration, but there's rarely a sense that he's earned it with equivalent profundity and theme. Um, and 1A, Peter Bradshaw, The Guardian, said every scene, every frame is executed with pure formal brilliance. Okay. Yeah. MVP? I think it's Chang. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Chang. I like yeah. Gosling in the date scene, and that's, yeah. Okay, yeah, it's Chang. I mean, he's good at delivering the one of fight line. I'll <laughs> give it to Yaya Yang for the eye acting. Mm-hmm. The, the rage when he asks her to be his pretend girlfriend is was top yeah. 10 yeah everyone's good in it yeah kristen scott thomas i you know i I've, it's she's an actress i've never really like cared much about like obviously i don't think she's bad or anything i've never seen i just get her and emma what's her name confused thompson yeah final rating it's like a very slow train wreck that i like like it's like a meditative train wreck that's harsh. That's harsh. I don't know if I call it a train wreck. But, but like, like is it, if you like, you know that I like train wrecks to me is like almost higher. It's like I like train wrecks. Like some of my uh, favorite movies that we've ever done. Like I love Untamed Heart. That's a fucking train wreck. But that's one of my favorite movies we've ever done here. Because that, that guy thinks tr- that he has a monkey heart. <laughs> no, I think that this is like too precise and and. I think it's very in control of what it's trying to be. Like, I think he knows That's exactly true. what it's trying to be. So I don't see him like going off the rails. Like I think too old to die young and neon demon are more like in train wreck, even though I think neon demon too also knows what it's going to be, but it has like the ambitions of it are so kind of like campy and fun. Mm-hmm. Whereas like this movie is so it's not boring. It is slow and it's kind of repetitive, but like, Maybe if it's almost like if he had a little bit more time to digest it after drive, I think it could have been a lot better, but mm-hmm. a lot um, of open space for only being a tight 90. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where I fall on. on I'm still undecided on, on only God forgives. Did oh you yeah. Did you read I, it? Oh no. I was going to say misunderstood masterpiece. I kind of knew wow. it because you, you flagged this one so long ago. You did. True. You know yeah. what? Hey, I support my guy. They're my guy. Everyone has them. Yeah. I gave it listen. to she devil. Matt gave it to fucking Capone. Yeah, I did give it to Capone. You're goddamn right. I gave it to Capone. <laughs> Fuck. I wish that we. I wish we would have saved Capone to pair with Blonde. Capone and Blonde. I know they really are. Double feature. Oh, shit. Have you seen Blonde yet, Matt? I have. Did you like uh, it? Oh shit. Um. So it definitely earns every bad thing that was said about it. Right. Like it's it's controversial for a reason. But like I don't know. Like it's it's pretty. It's pretty. Look at like. Chase yeah, Irvin I mean, Chase put his fucking foot in it. People hated Killing Them Softly when it first came out, and I actually love that one. All right. But it with these it. movies, you can watch them for free. This is a freebie. Only God Forgives is on Tubi. 
I own both these movies. The other um, movie, Day of Reckoning, you have to, like, you can watch free on, like, Crackle or something, but you watch, like, an extreme amount of commercials about, like, this show about people getting out of debt and then uh, this other show about uh, <laughs> these people that want to have a perfect room for their pets. I think it might be called yeah. Dog Cave. Not good movies to have commercial interruptions for. You both, you kind of just need to ride with both of them. So I, I would say almost especially Day of Reckoning. It is peculiar. It is very jarring to probably interrupt both these movies with with, with ads. Um, I will I say, say after the after the ice pick torture, the ad break started for it was like for an asthma commercial. It started <laughs> oh, with a no. woman taking the biggest like saddest sigh ever, and I'm like, I feel you. She's <laughs> just cartoonish. She's like. <sighs> Like yeah, man, uh, that was a lot. I get it. Yeah, so you can you can watch you can watch both of these. They're out there. Next week we're going to be finishing up uh, vulgar vibes with God. I know a movie that I've been waiting to talk about for quite some time. One of its biggest defenders. We're going to be talking about Steven Soderbergh's Ocean's Twelve. I really do like that you're an Ocean's Twelve defender because to me that's more my wheelhouse, and I I like Ocean's Twelve. But yeah, I just really I, I mean I love the franchise, but Ocean's yeah, Twelve. I, I think I di- I like it more because I I like that people. I there's something like about the way that people hate it. hate it that I'm just like, I mean, look. What do you think? He's having a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He took his friends to Europe on Warner Brothers' dime, and he made a weird art film. I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll also have a bonus episode on Soderbergh's remake of Solaris. But, but Matt, thank you so yeah, much for coming me. on. Yeah. This is fun. Thanks so much. Please yeah. come back. Yeah, where can people find you online if you would like them to? I guess the easiest thing is Instagram. It's basically like every cinematographer's business card at this point. Yeah. Um, the handle is my name, Matthew Hayes the third. Follow him, hire him. He's Let's go see talented. a movie at BAM if you're in New York. That'd be great. There you go. To our listeners, if you're listening, you're listening on Patreon. We thank you so much for your subscriptions. Matt, that includes you. Yeah. You're a patron. Yeah. You're a patron. Thank you so it's much. True. Thank you for having me. <laughs> you're a patron. Yeah, seriously. Thank you so much for keeping us alive and supporting us. We are constantly on life support. No, thank you so much. And we will see you next week. If you know any friends that are looking for some podcasts, tell them about ours. Yeah. Tell them to log on to Patreon. $3 a month. $3 a month. That's where we're starting. Thank you so much for listening.